Hello and welcome to another edition of Tolaris Virtual Anatomy of a Win. Today I'm excited to be joined by Brian Galt of Verizon and David Wright from Disruptive Innovations. Welcome guys. Good to be here. Thanks, Rob. Thanks. So today we're talking about anatomy of a win. We're breaking down how we were successful. David had a great Verizon win. I want to talk through that a little bit. So let's talk. start with the W in our win of the who. So if you could talk a little bit through who the players were here, you know, how did you find them? What was the relationship? Um, David, we'll start with you. Sure. So um, again, thanks for, for having um, my organization on. Um, the recent win was with a healthcare company out of Pennsylvania at uh, 80 locations, um, behavioral health facilities, both inpatient and outpatient um, throughout the Pennsylvania and tri-state area. Um, we engaged with the chief information officer who I had actually consulted with uh, when he was a consultant uh, many moons ago. Um, and he had since been brought into that organization as the, the chief information officer, uh, reached out because um, they had grown heavily uh, by merger and acquisition over the last 10 years and hadn't gone through really a, an assessment of um, how they were growing, what was out in the field. You know, they, they merged their, their various uh, applications um, but from a network standpoint, uh, cloud infrastructure standpoint, um, there, there hadn't, and, and telephony standpoint, they, re they really hadn't, um, you know, completed tying all of those pieces together. Um, so. All right. Yeah. All right. So you, you did a little assessment. How did you go about that? You had to identify what their needs were there, right? So where did you start? Did you already um, have a relationship and were engaged with Verizon or did you do a little investigative work first there? Yeah, so so we actually have what's called the ASO framework that, that we employ at Disruptive Innovations, which begins with analyze, right? So um, not only do we meet with the executive team to really understand the business vision of the organization and kind of um, understand what they're looking to accomplish outside of, of a technology standpoint. So we, we really, we draw on that business context and then, you know, the IT vision and mission, uh, we believe should be built off that that business context. Now, this, the CIO of this organization had largely had a, a roadmap of uh, some of the initiatives he wanted to execute. And, you know, uh, we, we when we come into an organization, there's various levels of maturity, right? So um, this CIO really had a, a good strategy together. Um, but, you know, being that we've done hundreds of these engagements, you know, we, we were able to draw on our subject matter expertise and help uh, augment that. Um, and after really getting clear on, on what the vision was, um, that's when we be began our, our assessment. And, you know, what that looks like is um, we have a high-speed audit and analysis. Um, so from a quantitative standpoint, we're collecting all their bills, all their customer service records, contracts, um, and the like. And you know, we have a, a team of individuals who actually dissect those, um, look for contract variances, errors, and inefficiencies uh, perpetrated by their incumbent vendors, which were plentiful. Um, 
And then we, we also do a qualitative analysis. So we meet with the various IT stakeholders in, in the different departments and really understand you know, what are what are their goals and objectives at a, at a more micro level, right? So we covered the kind of macro, we dive a layer deeper into, you know, what's keeping them up at night, you know, what what challenges are they facing, um, and so on. Um, so that's, that's kind of what we do. Basically, we take all of that back to the lab and dissect it, you know, and we come back with uh, the results of that assessment. And that's kind of... Um, how we begin. And so what did you find when you when you did all this analysis? What were their overarching goals? Kind of where did you, uh, you know, first encounter that, hey, this is a great fit for Verizon, or this is maybe we need to get a Tolaris person in here to talk about, hey, what are our options? How did that all unfold? Uh, sure. So, you know, after we did the assessment, um, we, we settled in on the initiatives. Um, we, um, we, we identified that they definitely needed uh, a new uh, wide area network vendor. Um, they wanted to move forward with software defined networking. Um, they were partial to, to Meraki. Um, so we, we helped them build out the, uh, the design for that network at a high level. Um, you know, there were, there were also initiatives such as um, they wanted to consolidate their their Microsoft licenses and find uh, a new partner to to shepherd that. Um, we're looking at our cloud strategy module, um, security assessment. So so we laid all of that out, and we essentially for the for the network piece, which is what we considered Verizon for, um, we you know we we actually wrote and managed an RFP which Verizon participated in, and they were. Um, they, they rose to the top as the most cost competitive um, and able vendor to facilitate um, the goals, which were, it was basically to create a, a unified network between all their facilities um, that they could, you know, run a unified voice solution over that they could, um, you know, again, they're, they're a healthcare company, so really provide the level of service um, to their employees and subsequently to their, their clients, which um, is crucial for them as uh, a healthcare organization. So RFP is almost like a four letter word to a lot of partners. Uh, I love to hear the fact that you were involved in writing it because we a lot of times you know talk with partners and say, if you didn't have a, a piece in writing it, responding to it can be really tough. So do you have a team that does that? How did you get involved with helping them write that? Yeah, so so we have we've wrote and managed RFPs myself and my team for for many many years. So um, you know the the beauty of it is once you have the structure down, you know um, plugging in the different solutions that you might consider with a uh, with a, a partner group like Tolaris becomes a lot easier, right? Because you can draw on your partner's uh, knowledge of the solution sets. Um, and you have the kind of the framework for it already built. So let, let, let's transition over, um, you know, and ask Brian. So this RFP falls on your guys' test. How, how do you guys go about answering that? How do you know that it's a fit for you? I'd love to hear a little bit more about where, where you guys come with that. 
Yeah. So when uh, David uh, reached out to to Verizon and and the channel team specifically, so I'm I'm a channel manager at Verizon. I support David Disruptive and and his team there. So when we were made aware, we just get the resources in place uh, from an engineering perspective, and uh, it was fortunate that. Um, they were, uh, this specific customer had a direct team as well at Verizon to assist the channel uh, as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it was, a, it was a perfect fit, utilizing those resources from a direct perspective, from a solutions architect perspective, and um, operationally, too, getting the other resources from a network configuration standpoint, all aligned to answer the, uh, the RFP. I love it. And we love hearing about the alignment between direct and channel. So that really makes a big difference and it really helps the, the partners like David feel a lot more comfortable with taking something to you, you know, oh, are we going to be scared? There's already a direct team in there. Are we going to get cut out of this process? That sounds like Verizon's figured that part out, right? And yeah, no, it really has. The teaming arrangement with uh, Verizon and the channel, it's, it's come a long way. And, and um, the leveraging that we use behind the direct team, utilizing their resources and then the channel resources as well. Yeah, it, it's been, uh, it's amazing. It's been an amazing uh, uh, team throughout this process. So Amy, if I might add, um, in regard to the RFP process, you know, on the front end of that, we actually have an engagement agreement. So basically the engagement agreement stipulates what the customer can expect from us, you know, in regard to our, our process, resources, and so on. Um, and also what we expect from the customer. And one of the elements of that is that we have an exclusive arrangement with the customer for the course of our process. So basically there, there will be no other entities doing similar work to the work that we're doing um, over the course of the agreement. Now, if they have a, um, you know, a, a managed service vendor that's kind of outside the scope or something like that, we, that's, that's fine. But um, basically what that does is it, it gives us the comfortability to, to not only write this RFP, but being that there is a penalty for them going outside of our agreement um, and that it stipulates they need to support us in the teaming process, um, it actually makes it possible to reach out to direct teams and help them understand, okay, not only are we going to um, add a lot of value in regard to resources and, and so on, um, but we have this exclusive arrangement whereby they're, they're going to place this deal via channel. So, um, we want you to be involved and, and, you know, Verizon was super amenable to, to doing that. That's incredible. And I love the fact that you, that you have that in place because you're investing a lot of time and resources with your original assessment, it sounds like, where you're yeah. auditing these phone bills. And I hate to see when partners get bogged down by that and they don't have that protection there and have run the risk of losing that business, right? For sure. And, you know, we actually you know, invest so much that we typically charge an upfront fee for our assessment. Um, but we've been waiving that during COVID for, for healthcare organizations and other service-based organizations. Makes sense. Good business and helping everybody out. I like it. Right. Um, all right. So now we want to talk about kind of through navigating through the parts. So you, um, you've identified that Verizon's the right answer. Um, would love to hear a little bit from Brian about, you know, the resources that you brought in besides the the teaming with the direct reps, or what are those engineering resources look like to really help make sure that this was going to be a win for you guys? 
Yeah, so we have uh, so we have a solutions architect team. So uh, and then it goes beyond that too. So there's the solutions architect, which is the main uh, crux of the uh, of the solution. He'll he'll provide additional information from a technical standpoint, and then he'll utilize his resources from a tier two perspective. So he'll submit the design and the bill of materials that's been uh, understood from the solution, and then he'll send it for design approval. So you have that team to look over the design, approve it, and then you have another team to look at the bill of materials, approve that, um, because there was a special network configuration for this one that's kind of outside the box. So we take those teams, and then we use um, you know, the, our Talarge relationship, too. When we send the pricing to um, our Quick Start team, which is basically a separate pricing team that enables us to get the pricing out as fast as possible outside of the standard process. So Talaris, uh, we work with Talaris and our Quick Start team to go ahead and get that pricing out and uh, in the time frame that we need it. It's great. And we love the fact that we we have built specialty teams around some of these bigger carriers that can be a little bit, you know, harder to navigate for our partners. So, you know, the team over the Verizon team at Telaris is great. You know, we have an AT&T team, we have a Lumen team, you know, we've really invested a lot to make sure that our, our partners like David are supported in, in working with kind of these mammoth organizations. Yeah, Patricia and her team were just, were great on this deal. Great. I love that. All right, any other thoughts? Any other things that we can help other partners do to be successful with, with organizations or um, you know, assessments like this? So I just wanna add, before that, I wanna add that um, Verizon, while sometimes I refer to them as a, a big iron ship, you know, uh, sometimes some political um, you know, or process-oriented things that, that may take a little bit longer, um, they had coverage at 80% of this client's sites. So they were the underlying provider, um, the last mile at 80% at of these locations. Um, moreover, they, while sometimes the process might take a little longer, they have such immense resources and process surrounding, um, for example, an SD-WAN deployment where they are making sure that all the boxes are checked, right? Um, you know, another smaller um, CLAC or, or otherwise might, um, might rush ahead, but, you know, really the, the, the success of these implementations happens in the planning stages of, of that post-signature um, design and, and otherwise. So that Verizon did a very, very solid job of that. Um, and they also had some, some really great project management resources, which I've been very impressed with. That's great. And David, how long do you stay involved after the signature? Um, ad infinitum. So, so we, we provide um, project management as an overlay that, that oversees, you know, in this instance, the WAN implementation and all other, uh, you know, implementations. Um, and then we provide ongoing support and lifecycle management, so. And are you charging the customer for that? Um, in some instances, it really depends on the scope of what they're expecting. Um, but we find that in, in either case, you know, the, the key to success, one of the keys to success in, in this world is retention, right? Because if you're churning business every year, um, you know, you're never going to be able to scale, right? Mm -hmm. So we we find that even if you do need to invest in in those resources, that you know it pays dividends down the line. 
I love that. Any final thoughts, Brian? No, I mean, I just like Dad too. I mean, David and the, and the disruptive team have been absolutely phenomenal throughout the whole process. I mean, especially for a client of this size, uh, communication really is the key to success. And at uh, our beck and call, David and his team were ready to schedule a meeting with the client whenever we needed to answer any kind of additional questions or get additional feedback. So uh, his participation and his team were just absolutely phenomenal during the whole process. So I think that's, uh, that's another reason why this was a success at the end of the day. It's great. Sounds like a trifecta. We have Telerist, we have Verizon, and we have Disruptive Innovation. So. And Amy, if I might add one, one other piece, um, you know, in regard to the engagement agreement, like if I was going to offer partners anything, you know, really holding, uh, being able to hold the client at stake, you know, being very clear about your value and kind of drawing the line there where they have to play by your rules, that it's, it's key. I mean, because if, if they view you just as a sales entity, you know, you need to you need to create that that sense that you're sitting on the same side of the table as them, and and that you're so confident in your value that you know you're you're going to offer this help to them, but again they need to play by your rules and that that helps down the line because they don't they don't put you in that box of being a sales entity and going outside of you to examine other things and um, so while it might be you know, scary or, you know, require a little effort on, on the front end. You know, I really do believe that that is a, is a key to, you know, working these types of deals. I think you're absolutely right. It's the difference between being like that technology consultant and being the sales guy, right? And so I think sometimes that just takes a little bit of more confidence in our partners for them to think of themselves that way and then go present them that way to the to the customer, right? Exactly. And, and you'd be surprised because if you can muster that confidence and, and fake it till you make it, I mean, most most companies, most mid-market, small enterprise customies, customers, they expect an agreement. You know, maybe you, you don't offer one if you're not if you don't have that confidence, but they're actually they would actually expect it. So you'd be surprised how, um, you know, non-confrontational that experience can be. That's what I would offer. Great advice, David, thanks. Thanks so much, I appreciate you being part of our anatomy of a win today. Look forward to many more successful stories for both of you. Thanks so much. Thank you.